Welcome to Babbling Books, a podcast about books and the authors behind them. I'm your host, Lily. Follow me on Twitter at BabblingLily, that's B-A-B-B-L-I-N-G-L-I-L-Y, and subscribe to this podcast to get updates when episodes come out. Before we begin, I'd like to thank Oblong Books and Music in Rhinebeck, New York for hosting all my interviews. Oblong is the biggest independent book and music store in the Hudson Valley, and their website is oblongbooks.com. Check it out. Today we'll be interviewing Danielle Clayton, author of the best-selling The Bells series, The Tiny Pretty Things series, and many short stories. Danielle was recently nominated for a Hugo Lodestar Award for Best Young Adult Book. Her newest book, which is The Everlasting Rose, the second book in the Bell series was published March 5th, 2019, and is available wherever books are sold. Follow her on Twitter at Brown Bookroom and check out her website, DanielleClayton.com, and definitely get her book. So without further ado, Danielle Clayton. Okay, so now, here I have Danielle Clayton. So, could you talk a bit about your writing or your story? Like, how did you get to be a writer? What you wrote? Sure. Um, I was just a reader first. And, oh, I can hold it. Okay. (laughs) I was just a reader first. And I became a writer because I was forced to take a writing class when I was getting my master's. I really just wanted to be a librarian and be nerdy and tell people what to read. And then I got bit by the writing bug. And so I started writing so that I could pass my master's comps which is like a big exam and it was really really great and I fell in love with sort of telling stories versus being just a person who reads stories mm-hmm. so what did you write um in that either tiny pretty things or the bells so what is that about what are those books about Okay, so the Tiny Pretty Things series is like Pretty Little Liars, but set in a ballet boarding school where three girls are willing to do whatever it takes to be the best. And it's based off, um, I used to teach at a ballet boarding school. I used to teach English, not dance. And so all the things, a lot of the things that happened in the book and in the series happened at the school that I worked at. And The Bells is a fantasy, and it's set in a world where everyone is born sort of looking strange, but there are these women called The Bells that can change you down to your bones for the right price. And so that's based on sort of when I was a teacher and even when I was a teenager, how many issues I had with sort of what it meant to be beautiful and powerful and how those things were connected. But all the stuff I wrote before that is like mess. <laughs> so why did you end up writing The Bells if you said that it was because you saw beauty and power? So do you think you still would have write, written something similar to The Bells in that different either political environment or a different world or do you think it just stemmed from that beauty power and obviously it is beauty power but you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I think um the bells really came out of what my experience was as a 12 or 13 year old and sort of feeling like why was I sort of ostracized I had really bad acne and puffy hair and I was nerdy and thick glasses and I didn't really know like I didn't dress how everyone else dressed So I was really ostracized, and I thought, well, also, I didn't have the internet when I was growing up. We had magazines, and so I would check out a lot of magazines from the public library, and I was like, is this how people look? Their skin is perfect. Their hair is always shiny. They wear the most beautiful clothes, and I couldn't figure out why I didn't look that way. So I thought, if I just used a lot of products, if I harassed my parents about getting new clothes, that I would somehow look like them, and I didn't know that those images weren't real. 
And so I wanted to create a book where everything is sort of false so that we can talk about what's real and not real and what is not real and how we can all sort of get a little bit more comfortable with what we were born with and not always want to change it. So it's kind of dark. Uh, but I really want to keep working on sort of how I was feeling when I was in middle school and high school. And that's where that book came from. So um, I also asked the question yeah. earlier, what books do you read while you're writing? I reread Harry Potter, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous. But um, I reread Harry Potter probably once a year like all the way through because it reminds me of what it means to create a world that you can fall into um I like to read a lot of nonfiction books about whatever it is that I'm writing about so when I was reading of writing the bells I was reading a lot about um the history of makeup and the history of clothing and the history of beauty products and how they became what they are so I was reading a lot about that stuff from a nonfiction point of view like literally how did lipstick canisters become lipstick how did they start making this stuff because I thought it was really really fascinating so I read a lot of nonfiction related to the stuff that I'm writing and then I always reread the queen JK Rowling <laughs> why France I used to live in France so I lived in France for two years um, and the French have such a huge they sort of started the, the beauty industry perfume makeup clothes all of that they created the commodification of these things and they have a very interesting standard of beauty that has been historically very strong so I wanted to use that also I used to live in Japan so I used a lot of um, so that's where in the bells there are tea houses that's where you go and you get your beauty work done at a tea house um, and living in Japan, there were tea houses everywhere, and they're very beautiful, and there's lots of rituals. And Japan is a place that has a lot of standards of beauty as well. Um, and I wanted to pick cultures that had strong senses of what is beautiful and what is ugly. I also used New Orleans. My family is from Mississippi, um, Alabama, and that area. And I wanted, and that city is a strange city. And they also have a very interesting standard of beauty historically. So I wanted to mix all those things up and create a world that felt like those three things. And I love France. French food is great. No. <laughs> it's like yes. So good. I agree. We go to France like every year. Yes. And, like, it's yes. amazing. Um, so which, right, obviously J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Other than that, which writers, what writers would you like to have over for dinner? What writers inspire your work? If I was having a dinner party... Can some of them be dead? And we just bring them back <laughs> for my dinner party? Yeah. Okay. All right. So if I was designing my own dinner party with writers, of course, I would have J.K. Rowling. I would have Neil Gaiman. I would have some of my friends, like Victoria Schwab. And I know you love her. <laughs> She's one of my good friends. I would have her come. Um also, I love a writer. Her name is Zora Neale Hurston, and I love Langston Hughes. And I would have, let's see, not many boys, though. Mo yeah, like yeah. mostly the ladies. Um, I would have, let's see, who else? Those people are dead, the two that I listed. Um, I would have, I'm going to just name my other friends. I would have Lee Bardugo. I'd have Holly Black. I know. They're so great, right? They're like the best ever. They're so amazing. Um, Angie Thomas and Nick Stone, who are my buddies. I'd have them all over for dinner, and I would cook for all of them, and we would party. It would be great.
when your good friends, my heroes. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which of them do you actually know? Huh? Not important. Which of them do you actually know? I know all of them. The ones that are alive. <laughs> <laughs> so like Libor Dugo is a good friend. Victoria Schwab is a good friend. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see me with them yeah, constantly. My idols. Yes. Dugo, so. Yes. Yeah. Just so you know, like yeah. it's not important. But and they are wonderful. To me, it's important. Um, <laughs> editing. What is your editing process? And what about your pre-writing process? Like yeah. research, outlining stuff. This is for my own personal good, not anyone else. Okay, so my process, I keep a lot of notebooks, and I write down a lot of ideas. Even on my phone, I'll write down ideas. And I start with a notebook, and I start writing out sort of characters and world. I usually do my world first, and then I find the character that I'm going to follow inside my world. Um, My editing process, I love to edit. I hate the first draft. The first draft takes me a long time. Sometimes it takes me up to six months. But then I can edit a book and fix it in a month. Because once I have the words down, I can move them around, cut, change them. It's about getting them out. That's the hardest part. Sitting down every day and just writing is so hard. Um, For example, I have a manuscript in my bag right now that I'm working on that I'm editing. So, and I do a lot of editing by hand. I print things out and I have to read them aloud as I write. Um, But I have a very slow process. I call myself a headlights writer. You've heard the sort of pantser versus plotter fly by the seat of your pants or you plot everything out I do something in the middle where I do six chapters at a time that's how far I can see I can only see about six ahead and then I once I get there I'm like okay what's next let's do six more chapters and then six more so that's my process you have a process too this is not about me (laughs) yeah so far I've been like so my outlines have been like chapter by chapter there's like bullet points and most of the bullet points are like uh plot points with inside jokes in them for myself and so it's like so this is a this air this they're now they're on an airplane or whatever so that that's so far that's what my outlines look like but not very much and i'll be like this is who it's the from the point of view of and this is what it's about and this is what has to happen by the end so hopefully that'll work right so um I also asked this part. What do you think the difference is between YA and adult? Does it matter? Interesting. Because I'm right now trying to write an adult book, and I'm finding it really hard. I feel like I have to break my brain um, in order to do this. And so there are some differences, I think. When I read adult books, I find them to be a little bit slower. It's not any shade. It's just that they just you can ease into the water. But with YA books, it's like, Bam, bam, bam. We got to move. We got to go. Teens are like, what's going on? Is the world burning down? Who's falling in love? What's happening? Let's go. Um, And I feel like adult books can move a little bit slower. Also, teen books and adult books, I feel like, can have the same level of darkness. But I do find that some adult books really get super dark and violent and crazy, Um, which is interesting to, to figure out and see how I feel about it as I'm trying to write this adult book. It's really, really hard. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to read more adult books to sort of break my brain out of YA and see if I can do that. Names. How? Like. So I use a lot of baby <gasps> websites. <laughs> you know, that's where I start. Um, but for the bells, the names are all based around flowers. And I did that because 
when I was in high school, I went to Catholic school, mm-hmm. and one of the nuns told us that girls were supposed to be like flowers and they weren't supposed to give their petals away to boys. And I was like, ill. Um, uh, she was like, because they don't want to become just the nub in the middle of the flower. And I was like, that's not nice. So I'm going to name all my girls after flowers and I'm going to make them do whatever they want to do. Uh, so that's where the names for the bells came out of. But I wanted to keep that sort of theme. And also, I think that girls are always, people are like, oh, you're supposed to be delicate like a flower. And I wanted to do that. But flowers, some flowers have thorns. And some flowers bite. So I wanted to do that. Well, that's it. Thank you, Danielle, for your interview. Um, This is Danielle Clayton, again, author of The Bells, Tiny Pretty Things, and numerous number of short stories. Thank you, Danielle. You did a good job. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed Danielle's The Bells, Trout Jennifer Donnelly's stepsister. Stepsister is a historic realistic fantasy also set in France and also about beauty standards and bravery. It's about a girl named Isabel. Isabel's stepsister Cinderella is about to marry into royalty, but Isabel is left behind. She is the cruel, ugly stepsister after all. But Isabel gets a chance to change her fate and save herself and finally prove that it takes more than heartache to break a girl. Stepsister is on sale May 28th. And I encourage you to buy it wherever you can. If you'd like to find out more about Danielle, she's on Twitter at Brown Bookworm, and her website is once again DanielleClayton.com. That's D H O N I E L L E Clayton.com. Subscribe to this podcast to get notifications when new episodes come out, and connect with me on Twitter at Babbling Lily. I'd love to hear your feedback. Are you an author who'd like to be interviewed, or do you have a suggestion for what questions I should ask? DM me at Babbling Lily. Thank you for listening to Babbling Books. I'm glad you joined me.